Have you ever thought about that while you're away, your home could be an Airbnb? I did. I actually bought two homes in Albuquerque that I Airbnb'd, and it was just an amazing investment, honestly, because, you know, as you are accruing value in your property, you are also making money on the Airbnbs. It's amazing. So your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. 21 Seeds Infused Tequila is a must-have. It's an award-winning tequila. It's infused with real juice, with real fruit, which means the flavors are built in. It's real. So you need like two or three ingredients to make your perfect cocktail. Hey, um, you know how I'm always trying to keep my house parties exciting? New cocktails? <laughs> do you? Yeah. Okay, well, here's something that's going to flip the script. Okay. All right. 21 Seeds Infused Tequila. Yeah. yeah. Tell me more about this, right. Oliver Hudson. Yeah, 21 Seeds is an award-winning tequila that's infused with juice from real fruits. You only need two to three ingredients to make the perfect cocktail. Wait a minute. I think I know what brand you're talking about. You know why? Yeah. Because 21 Seeds is founded by two sisters and their friend. It's female founded. That's right. See? Sounds See like how I know? Something I can get behind. I know. Well, there's a good story behind that for sure. Listen, if you love tequila... You have to try 21 Seeds Infused Tequila. Enjoy responsibly. 21 Seeds Diageo, New York, New York. Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. Hi, I'm Kate Hudson. And my name is Oliver Hudson. We wanted to do something that highlighted our relationship. And what it's like to be siblings. We are a sibling rivalry. No, no. Sibling rivalry. Don't do that with your mouth. <laughs> sibling rivalry. That's good. Oliver, this was so much fun. We're just talking about it right now, about how great it was to, to connect with... Um, the crude ups uh, and how much we love them, you know. The crude ups. The crude ups. Yeah, well, I met Billy obviously through you, mm-hmm. and um, we hit it off tremendously a little bit later after Almost Famous, and we became golf buddies. And then we drifted apart, and it's been uh, a long time. And it was so fun to see him again and yeah. his energy. And he's so fucking funny. He's so, so funny. funny. I think it's something people don't really know about Billy because he's such a serious actor and he yeah. is seen that way and portrayed that way. And, you know, he takes it very seriously. But for on a personal level, he is one of the funniest. And you know what? That's one question that we didn't ask them, which I wanted to ask, which is where do you oh. think you get your sense of humor from? Because they're all funny. Yeah. And their sense of humor is all the same, very similar, really dry and yeah. witty. And, and you realize that... It has to come from your parents. Whatever that family kind of way is, is mm-hmm. taken from your... Because we're all crazy, goofy. We exactly. Kind of, you know, our sense of humor is a little nutty and out, yeah. out we're there. We're all very similar in our sense of humor. I mean, we get each other. And you can see that within three of them, too. Yeah. How 
tight they are. And I love what they said when I don't, I'm, this is not verbatim, but it was that they don't need to be with each other to sort of love each other all the time. And, and that's when, you know, it's solid where it's like, we don't have to be in each other's spaces or talk on the phone all the time. Like that you you just feel their closeness. Yeah, and, and this uh, was great. We reminisced a lot. We we even talked about uh, a bit about almost famous, which was really fun for 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 me. And and uh, and and Billy is one of those people that from that I've, you know, you work with certain people and you lose touch. Billy, I've always kept in touch with. Like we've mm-hmm. always had for now twenty years. Mm-hmm. Um, a connection that maintained. So it was really, really great to have them all on. And yeah, and, it was uh, awesome. And I love you. I love you too. Enjoy this episode with Tommy Brooks and Billy Crew. Billy's <laughs> never included the family in media. So this is the first. <laughs> Where are you guys? Well, We're in New I'm, York. I'm in uh, West Hollywood. Okay. And then the boy, your brothers are both uh, in New York. We got I'm New York Brooklyn and Brooklyn. And I'm on the Upper West Side. Wow. They were kind of yeah. quiet there, like they were in undisclosed locations. Yeah, I was like, let's go. So I wouldn't ask <laughs> further. Longer. I wouldn't ask follow-up questions. There's a few things I can't talk about today. I'm going to skip. <laughs> um, clearly, Billy, you and I go way back. I believe I was 19 when we first met, which is Me too. totally insane. That's How old crazy. were you during Almost Famous? 30. Oh. <laughs> I think I just... Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, thank God. We got an interlude there. Ollie. <laughs> Thanks, Ollie. You sound good. Thanks. You sound real good. Um, yeah. Tommy, Tommy, I've also known for a million years because you work at Rachel Ray as the uh, uh, talent producer, the talent producer. Yes, I am the co-executive producer of the Rachel Ray show. Oh, mm-hmm. you're co-executive producer. We're going up there. Woo! How many titles? Uh, <laughs> I travel oh! every week with Emmy. Whoa. Oh, yep. Hey, Billy, Billy, have, did you show your Emmy? Do you, uh, you know, they haven't sent it. I did get a, a mini bottle of champagne. Um, it, takes, but- it takes like six months, Bill. Okay. <laughs> um, but Brooks, we were just sitting here saying, and I was literally like, I feel like we met, um, we met a million years ago, but we haven't really had the same kind of history. So this is going to be exciting. I'm going to get to know brother Brooks. <laughs> I'm waiting for my Emmy. Um, <laughs> It's been held when up you get it a few official? years. It's been a few years since they said. Yeah, I don't know. I keep calling. No, it's because of the postal shutdown. Oh, no, that's it, that's didn't it. they let you know um, on email? Uh, and you this, just had to send some money to a Nigerian friend. Call, I keep calling and and dial tone. <laughs> I'll find out. I'll track I it. I have the wrong number. Let, let's we'll see if we can get you the number. Tommy's yes. got it. Yes. I also I also want to say that Billy and I do not condone this mustache. This is not a family tradition. <laughs> Well, once I I don't know. Billy's had a mustache. Billy does go mustache a lot. Uh, that took him six months to grow that mustache <laughs> for going famous. With the with, Brooks, Brooks has got the Shakespeare chin boogie going with, on with the with the homeschooling and Brooklyn. Uh, I've lost it. So <laughs> if I if I fade off into the uh, this the railing, you know, oh, uh, I I know where you're coming from, man. But I got to say, Brooks kind of does have a Shakespeare vibe overall. He kind of looks. A little like and, Shakespeare. And he's a writer. So yeah. All By the way, that's uh, a great Halloween costume for you. Have you? That- <laughs> I've got. 
as the writer who does CIA surveillance as a as a, as a musketeer, a musketeer. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, I'll, I'll, I'll do Shakespeare. I'll play Shakespeare. My, one of my sons, Griffin, said, "I look like George Washington." And I said, "Get out of the room." I don't look like, I don't look like George Washington. I, was, I don't know what you're talking about. Wait, that, that, tell it's, them. It's, uh, your kids' ages, so they know how seven. Many. Yeah, that was Griffin, who's seven. He goes, "You, you look, you look just like George Washington." I was like, "You're gonna look like uh, <laughs> a, a smash bagel if you don't get out of the room. Do not call me George Washington." And I pulled up a side by side. He goes, "No, you look like him." I was like, "Get out of here." Twenty twenty has been a hard year. I'm gonna recover. Uh, strong. It's been rough. When the quarantine started, we used to have a. Uh, weekly poker game up at Tommy's apartment. And um, so it quickly moved to Zoom. And uh, we realized, wait, it's super easy now since everybody is quarantining to play. And it turned into a, a twice a week Zoom where, uh, and I think I think we became Tommy's uh, intimate partners. It's been, it's, been a, it's been a mainstay through the whole thing and it's actually been terrific. Hey. Hit me up. Hit me up. <laughs> it's not really poker, Ali. It's more of a group therapy meeting. Um, okay. It's a lot of yelling, and yeah. there's an app that occasionally says somebody won a hand, at which point the yelling resumes. <laughs> well, I want to be a part of that. If, if we'll add, we'll add uh, Wait, you guys, is it just, it's just the three of you? Are there any other siblings? Not that we're aware of. We have, we have two stepsisters. They're not married anymore, but we're we still we're, we're, they're our sisters. Okay, so let's let's rewind. Um, where did you where did you guys grow up? Who wants to tackle this? Tommy, you start with where you were born. Um, I was born in Chapel Hill while my father was a senior in at UNC, and then six months later we moved to That's Man North Carolina. North Carolina, sorry, UNC. Um, we then moved to New York, uh, where my father sold. Um, yarn, and then Billy and Brooks came along in Manhasset uh, five years and I'm sorry, a year and a half and four years later. Yeah, I don't, I don't like our introduction immediately. You guys came, uh, along. <laughs> came along, and we just like came along and like and then and then we were like hanging out with you. You had some new guys that, in the house I got to deal with. What yeah, were you doing for five out. years? By the way, mom had nothing to do with it. Uh, she's not even a part of that origin. Story. I don't remember that. I don't remember that part. <laughs> I was I, I came I, I came along okay. um, and, and when we were at Long Island and so so your dad your dad and your mom did they meet in college yes yes and they were young yeah they were at different colleges and I think my mom had come to uh, Chapel Hill for a party or something and they met at that party and uh, hit it off and. Um, but they were, Tommy they were, they were like 20 then if he was, yeah, they were, they were, I think they were 21 or 22 when they got married. Is that right? TC? I think, I think mom was a little younger. Okay. I feel like she was 24 when I was born. Yeah, that would be right. Cause I'm 52 now. We shouldn't yeah. do math on this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, um, let me carry the two. Just you guys. You guys, hold on a second. We'll, we'll get and back. I, <laughs> <laughs> so, by the time I was seven, our parents were separated and we moved to Coral Gables, Florida. And then when I was 10, they were remarried to each other. Okay, right. I remember that. By story. our step-grandfather, who was a Episcopal bishop in South Florida. Right. Wow. And we moved to Dallas. Then they were divorced a year and a half later. 
No. He stopped selling yarn at that point. And <laughs> he was he was selling other stuff. He coffee. was doing other he was things. Selling coffee. Yeah, coffee and other things that fell off the truck. Yes. Uh. <laughs> and, and then at 15, my mother met a, a attorney from Fort Lauderdale. They were married. We moved to Fort Lauderdale. They were divorced five years later. We moved my mother back to Dallas. And then I was in Dallas with my mother running a yogurt shop. I can't believe it's yogurt. I can't believe it's not yogurt. Oh my God, I I can't believe it's not yogurt. I was managing high school girls who didn't want to come to work, so I was there all the time. (laughs) Having mothers scream at me, they've lost no weight on the sugar-free yogurt. And Billy called me. (laughs) There was a whole Seinfeld episode about it. It was a rude. That's all all true. (laughs) Billy graduated from Carolina, called me and said, if I get into Tish, I'm moving to New York. Or I'm going to LA, would you like to go to either one? And this is why I'm filling out a quart of yogurt. And I said, right. yes, either one is fine. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it's, not, it's not exactly the way that I remember. Does it get synopsis? <laughs> it was, I, remember call, I remember getting into um, acting school and calling you to tell you about it. And you said, can I please come with you? <laughs> I, don't I don't remember that at all. Yeah, that's how I remember it. And I was by like, the way, yeah. On Billy's IMDb page, it says that I was already in New York and Billy came to join me. Well, we, we patently know that's not true because we packed the U-Haul together and drove from Dallas um, in my Zuzu Trooper all the way up and found our, our uh, apartment on Upper uh, East Side. Right? It wasn't really Upper, 65th in York. It's kind of- uh, York. And then, and then um, a year and a half into our new digs in New York, my mother called me at work and said, I need to talk to you about something. I said, oh, what's that? I just want to get your opinion. I'm thinking about moving to the city. <laughs> oh, man. And after I picked up the phone, I go, oh, my God, I think that's great, thinking I have six months. She's like, I'm so relieved. I sold the house yesterday. I'll be there tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> and so Billy and I, Billy and I, we both told, told Georgian that she could not live within 30 blocks of us. So her apartment was at 96 no. and York. No, she was at 88th. Yeah, I think it was a twenty. I think it was a twenty block radius, um, and I think not, that was. I think that was true. your mandate. That's and uh, I think uh, also, Tommy. I might add, Mom will probably be listening to this, so you might want to temper your tone a little. It was ninety six Street. No, it was eighty eight. It was eighty eight. Tom. It was and then I, it's graduated. two against one on this one, Tommy. I think you might need to just like let that yeah. go. By the <laughs> way, you want to talk about problems with math? I'm gonna stick to my gun. Anything. I mean. <laughs> He might not know how many Emmys he just held up. Uh, that was one. <laughs> All right. So you guys, you're like uh, basically like an army brat, but your your dad's s- selling stuff. I can't wink. <laughs> We're a divorce. <laughs> I don't We're know how to do brats. that. We're divorce Wait. brats. Divorce yeah, brats. Okay. So, okay. Uh, so how fucked up are you guys? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like on a scale of one to ten, who's the most fucked up and who's the least? <laughs> Oh boy. I'm, I'm going to put myself at an easy nine. Yeah. Um, you know. Uh, does it go to 11? <laughs> <laughs> With homeschooling, Brooks has gone one more. <laughs> went, uh, yeah, the knobs fell off. <laughs> so wait, let's, let's talk dad, mom, young, you know, fall in love, have Tommy. Tommy, how, what's your age difference? A year and a uh, half. You're an half and five with Brooks. Oh, so Billy, you're the middle child. I'm the middle that child. That makes so much sense. 
Yeah. Yeah. It is. Yeah. I, I think it does actually. Why are you a middle child or yeah. you are? Yeah. Um, okay. So. Home closer, time to dance. <laughs> okay. Are you the Sorry. youngest, Oliver? I'm the oldest. You're the oldest. Yeah. yeah. He's, actually, he's the one that, seat. he's the one that, you know, is like mom, mom, like. <laughs> what, the best? Yeah, the best. <laughs> he just waited for it. He's, like, he's the one that's the, the he, best. Yeah. I like he, your attitude. He's Oliver, definitely a firstborn. Album. He's like stereotypical firstborn stuff, for sure. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, like mom didn't know what to do because he wouldn't eat, you know? So she like, she like put, put poked a hole in the, in the bottle so big that it just like poured down his throat. <laughs> right? I was and too I, lazy. <laughs> it's like, that just, you still drinking shotgun beers? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh my God. Okay, so what were your parents like? They were fun. They were kind of, uh, you know, I mean, they had tremendous affection for one another. It was just, you know, I think more the stability that dad could manage, which which led to challenges and uh, I, I think her being able to depend on him. Uh, but they were super fun and, you know, really sweet. At a certain point, obviously, Mom went to 11-2, like Brooks, because she was stuck with the three of us. Um, and it, to the point of this podcast, uh, th- that is definitely where the battle royale began, as far as I can uh, ascertain. With the, with the boys. With the with three the, of us, exactly. Yeah. Okay, to, to Billy's point, they were both so much fun that this we lived on part of Washington was called Park Avenue. And we're still friends with some of the neighbors on that street. And really? there'd be block parties. Yeah. yeah, the Joneses. The Joneses still live in their same house. Yeah. And we still like and the arms. Yeah, the arms. And so these were lifelong friends that we made way back in the seventies in New York. Wow. And all all remained. Friends. What was their vibe? Were they artsy? Very social. Social. Very social. There was one of the people on the street had his guitar, and he'd come out. We'd all be outside. He'd play John Denver, and it was just a it was a wonderful time. I don't remember. Okay, then you're so then so then you they get divorced when you're seven, Tommy, right? Yeah, for the first time. And then does does dad split and it's just mom and the three and the three of you? Is he mm-hmm. around? We moved down to Miami um, because that's where my mom was from, and she both of our parents were only children, and my dad's parents were in North Carolina, and my mom's parents were my mom's mom was in Miami. Her dad had died. Uh, before I was born. Oh, okay. And, and, but was she alone with you guys now? Yes, correct. Right. It was the four of us. Okay. So you guys just like run amok and there was, I mean, bless your mom's heart. (laughs) Oh, yeah. A lot going on. Tommy, that must've actually been hardest on you. Well, I was, I was told that I was then in charge at seven. So I still remember locking the front door in Coral Gables and, I was, then I was kind of, I'd look over these guys and my mom. So, I, but I didn't find it difficult. I found it kind of natural. Yeah. I mean, and now, now that's what you do in life. You just take exactly. care of people. You can see, he's always been like dutiful, you know, like uh, the, he was captain of the safety patrol in oh, that's uh, right. fifth grade. And I was in fourth grade and this motherfucker gave me a citation. Okay. <laughs> that's what he was like. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, wait. So we, bro- so Brooks, you were a baby when this yeah. all happened. 
Yeah, I mean, in Coral Gables, but I still remember basically, and Tom, I, I don't think you took dutiful roles until Dallas because all I remember is all of us running up and down the street in Miami. That's true. With the pains. Right. So, like, my mom let us out, and then we would come home, like, at dusk. Correct. That's there, correct. There was, there was much of that. I, but I remember, Brooks, I, I mean, you were super into Spider-Man back then, so you were up early to watch... Uh, no, Bloody Batman. Batman. Batman was yeah, on. yeah. Um, but I was young, to, to your point. Yes. You were young, and I can remember, it must have been third grade or something like that, second or third grade. Um, my mom had a stepbrother uh john and uncle john rode motorcycles and stuff and he was like the cool dude and he blew into town one time to stay with us and that day tommy and i had been out in the um uh driveway fighting and i said something like fuck you and tommy (laughs) like was mortified i mean he thought (laughs) he had well, he thought he had done a very poor job of raising me. I could at that point. But at dinner that night, he, he he raised the point. He said, okay, you know what? This is what Billy did today. And that's when I learned how to act. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, you can't just stop there. What um, happened? I was more successful. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> My mom believed me because I, I could manufacture the tears that I did not say fuck. He was pretty and, amazing. And Tommy stood in his jeans and um, Uncle oh John geez. thought it was hilarious. What oh. did you say? I said fudge? I said, no, I said, I would never have pranked the stomach. Uh, uh, yeah. And it was that you were actually trying to manipulate your mother. Like it wasn't even just coming from a place of fear. It was, you were literally Well, it was also coming from, a, no, it was more, it was more punitively trying to get back at Tommy. It was, uh, it was about wanting to, uh, exactly. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> he and I maintained that level of volatility. Uh, Until we moved to New York. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like you had that volatility at your poker game the other night. No, that's just I'll regular shit talking. It is a, it is a, it is a feature now, but there's no more like hitting each other with sticks so much, you know. So wait, so where does Dad come in now? Is he back and forth? Is do you ever have consistent times with Dad? For the three years, no. Well, Brooks, what's your memory of him coming back? Because you were the youngest. When we, when we, when we all moved back to when we, when we moved to Dallas from. Cruel game. No, she's talking about Miami, Brooks. Yeah, when we were in Miami, when Dad came back, when they decided to get married again, I, I was the I was the ring I was the pallbearer. I was the ring right. bearer. I mean, not pallbearer. Oh, oh. He was asking how many times <laughs> Freudian slip. I was, was the ring bearer. The pallbearer. Well, that, that marriage died, died too. Brooks, she's yes. asking how many times Dad came down to Miami in the three years before they got remarried. Are you Are you producing this segment? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just listening to the question. Wow. And the ability for you. I, I don't I don't I honestly don't remember him coming See, down go. once. Because it wasn't thir- what he did was he made his way south. He kept coming south and south and he like picked up a job in Lauderdale or something like that. And then eventually made it back down. He wooed her again and they got remarried. And I was 10 at the time and I asked them both, I go, Are you both serious about this? Oh, Knowing yes. that they were not. They really wanted to get remarried for us. 
so we could all be back together. Right. Wow. And they both said yes. And then, of course, a year and a half later, they weren't, that wasn't truthful. Mm. So wait, what did what did your dad do? I, was he this shady? Like, what, what, no, no, he, he was, was a fan. <laughs> he is an odd. He is he is an odd guy because um, he he was acting. Uh, he he went to acting classes in the city when we were in Port Washington, and evidently he may or may not have bartended with Brian Dennehy. And he may or may not have been up for the streets of the streets of San Francisco against Michael Douglas. That may or may not have happened. <laughs> right. So, per billion big fish, some things may or may not have happened. Yeah. He may. He may or may. Well, he did take my mom to a mafia wedding. Okay. Uh, yeah, I thought it was. Yeah, that's right. For some reason, I thought it was a funeral. Might, I thought it was a funeral too. But but he was an no. amazing storyteller. He was that a great was a wedding. Was yeah. he very handsome? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, clearly. But he could talk your ear off at any, any moment. During the, um, during the uh, Without Limits premiere in Toronto, he had Tom Cruise cornered, and he couldn't get away. <laughs> <laughs> it went like this. Dad, dad, dad was not, not terribly interested in um, my pursuit of acting until I, I started to make money. And when Without Limits came out, um, he, immediately he was aware that there was going to be a premiere somewhere. And he was living in Austin at the time, I believe. Was it Austin or San Antonio? Yeah, no, it was Austin. And Brooks had left Austin to come to New York and, sometime after that. And so he said, uh, so I, I understand you're going to be having a premiere for the Without Limits. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> now, where is that, is that going to be in New York or Los Angeles? And I and I'm thinking, I do not want him showing up at the premiere and cornering Tom Cruise precisely to Tommy's point. So I was like, well, that actually it's it's premiering in uh, in Toronto at a film festival they have there, and we're just going to you know go up there and it's going to be like super easy breezy and it's not not, not a big deal or whatever. <laughs> and he he literally goes, huh. Well, I'm actually, I might have some business in Toronto. <laughs> 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 and so, the motherfucker, he shows up in Toronto. No. Um, he was super proud because yeah. also he was, he was like an athlete when he was growing up and there was a story about an athlete. So he could identify more with me as an actor playing an athlete. Um, and then, so he was very proud of me and he was, he was a really warm guy. Like mm. really, I found him like loving, funny, um, not great dresser. You know, great dresser. Yeah. Like he, he was, he was a charm. He was a charming guy. Okay. But now mom, what did mom do? Various things. She worked for an advertising agency, um, when we were in Dallas. That, that, she was a political consultant. That did political consulting. Um, and she was the uh president of the pta for a year she was involved in the community um but mostly trying to wrangle us i think was mm -hmm. the, the major major job were these what were, were these divorces big moments in your life i mean or or mm -hmm. I, was it like privately maybe or 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 as a group was this was there sadness and pain in all this or was it just sort of like a hey this is life I was never that sad. I, 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 what? I mean, I was, ne I, I, I like going to a different town. We get to new, meet new people. Uh, that's, and, uh... 
That's very true on my part. Thank you, Brooks. I've told people that. And we also were very close with both our mom and dad. So in, when, when they got divorced in Dallas the second time, we would spend every other weekend at dad's and then with mom. So we were all in the same universe all the time in my world. Right. I didn't have that response to it. Um, I remember when they told us the second time um, that they were getting divorced, that I thought it was because Tommy and I were fighting so much. And so I was sad and felt responsible. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow, bro. I didn't know that, Bill. Yeah. Well, I was crying at the table saying we can do better. You remember that part or you'd already turned the page? I do remember that, but I remember uh, granddaddy flew in and it was nighttime and I went downstairs and I saw the papers and I looked at my mom and I was just like, really? I mean, I just- No, I kind of remember this, yeah. I don't remember that. And then they told us the next morning or whenever they told us because granddaddy was there. But to Tommy's point, like, you know, it, it was the 70s and there were other families that were going through divorces. My best friend, um, his parents were going through a divorce. Uh, we were all trying to kind of manage it together as a community. Most all of the parents uh, maintained amicable relationships. They tried to figure out the co-parenting. And uh, we certainly looked forward to... Uh, the dad weekends because, you know, we would cook out or go get pizza or, you know, he, he, he did everything that you would anticipate a divorced father doing living in a singles apartment uh, complex, <laughs> you know, like he would wake up on the Saturday morning and go get us the best donuts in Dallas. And you know, why wouldn't that be a great start to the weekend? So yeah, there were, there were a lot of, um, a lot of fun times, but it was super hard on mom because she had the lion's share, not just of the time, but of the work that goes into managing education, healthcare, all the decisions. And I'm sure that they talked about it some, but again, dad was pretty unreliable when it came to, you know, making appointments and uh, fulfilling them as far as I can remember. And Brooks, like, I would think that you wouldn't remember life with your parents kind of together. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah, except for when they got remarried, but it, 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 it seems to me like he was always not, not there, but, but I have, um, like memories like, he, I mean, this is quasi funny memory, but he took me out of school to sell these, um, I guess I was in first grade, maybe, uh, Brocker brothers at the, at the, at some trademark in, you know, in Dallas. Market. Yeah, so so at a sandwich board and wearing them and like walking back and forth and selling them. And then, and he bribed me by getting a picture with Spider-Man because I love Spider-Man. But like he pulled me out of school to sell like umbrellas. So, but, but I loved it. I loved him for it. Uh, but also <laughs> he did drop me off and then leave. So to your point, it's like, I knew, I knew back then. And I, and, and then I remember that conversation of like, of like, you pulled him out of school. Like what, what, you know, and then you're at the mall, you're at the, the trademark. And, and <laughs> I had a, I remember I had like a hard salami that I were cutting up and I was like, Oh, salami is really good. And they're like fighting about selling, you know, Brockabrellers that you wear on your head. I have a picture of me wearing this. Wearing this Wait, but I love that. This is like, I mean, <laughs> this is like, a memory. I, it's, but it, you, yeah, it's a memory. It's a single one, but it really does to me uh, speak to the collective experiences that we all had. I mean, that, that to me, it, it, it was charmed 
but it takes kind of being an adult to realize how bonkers it was. <laughs> right. <laughs> totally. You're like, You're like God. <laughs> Like Brooks, is that a choice that you would make with Griffin uh, at some point? Uh, <laughs> no, but also, we're, I mean, this is a completely different universe. Also, to the point of like seventies and eighties, we were watching ET, and we were—I was showing Griffin for the first time, and you know, D. Uh, Wall, she's the whole thing. The whole story is about basically a divorce, right. and like the 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 dads in Mexico uh, with, and, and this is happening. I'm like. I'm like, oh, this is like a little heavy. I mean, you know, but 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 that was the, I guess that was the zeitgeist uh, back then, to where it was just like, oh, that's that's it's just what was happening. And mm-hmm. um, but I don't know if you guys had the same memory that because we all have these examples. Um, but I also at some point just found it colorful, and you know, he would say something like, you know, this is the big one, Tom. And then for <laughs> a birthday, we'd get something out of the newspaper that showed a new suit. And he goes, you're getting this new suit eventually. And Someday. I'm, like, I'm like, no, I'm not. But thanks for the thought. I love the thought. Thank you, Dad. And so we all have those examples through the years. Did you ever get the suit? If it... no, oh, no, 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 no. The suit was never coming. For graduation from high school, I got a, a, a cutout from a magazine of a cruise. <laughs> <laughs> How is... Th- <laughs> was it laminated? <laughs> right, but I think that our expectation, our our expectation was that we always wanted him to be successful for himself. We did, yes. And if we got anything out of it, great. But we really just wanted him to win and yeah. do well. And the stuff that came with it, I I just, I mean, I loved him so much. And um, I mean, at least you got a cutout. Yes, I mean, we got absolutely. A great- and that's a the thing. That he, was <laughs> he didn't have. He, he had the desire. You know, yes. like yeah. he had his. He thought it was just to be the ability to follow through was so stifled. And I, I think it had to do so much with his relationship with his father and right. the kind of pressure that my grandfather put on him to be successful, that the only way he was ever going to reach it was by hitting something big. He wanted yeah. his pet rock. It kind of sounds like Oliver a little yeah, bit. As I was just about to say. It's, me. <laughs> it's like... Oliver's just looking for hitting that big, you know, thing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this might be it, Ollie. I'm a gambler. I'm a gambler. I put it on black. Let's see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you and my dad would have gotten along so well. Is there a part of your dad and each of you, did you see one who's more dad than not? You know, I was, I was, in, a, I was in a parking lot at 7-Eleven with my dad, and he turned to me, and this was my sex ed talk. He goes, son... The good Lord made nothing better than a woman. <laughs> and I'm, like, I'm like, okay. <laughs> Dad, I'm going to go get a Slurpee now. Thank you. That's great. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when you reflect on it, Tom, some, maybe not Sorry. all of his advice was fun. I, I did, I, I've been reading a book about his advice, but there was a lot there. That should, be, that should be like quoted on your wall. That is the greatest. I, just, I learned so much at 7-Eleven that day. <laughs> Well, I do. I do think that there, there, there is, there, there are parts of him in all of us. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, we're all in entertainment in some aspect, and even my dad, he, he, he loved it. I mean, he loved film. He loved television. And my mom, he loved books. My mom loved art and photography and film. And so if it weren't for both of them, I don't think that we would have 
all three of us ended up in some. I, I mean, Kate, years ago, Billy and Brooks, and I forget what age, but I was, I've been the size that I am since I was like 14. I grew very fast and then stunted. And Billy and Brooks grew in their senior, junior year. And I would just lay on top of them and just, you know, be like, you guys suck. I'm in charge. And then they would start singing their Broadway songs. And Billy would go, Brooks, imagine that, me on Broadway. <laughs> and he would go on for two hours. Just to annoy Tommy. It was the only way to get uh, really under his skin. And he would drive um, me insane. And in the background, there'd be up. a Barbra Streisand album playing. And so there was always music in the house. There was always, my mom, to her credit, would bring us back to New York to look at theater once a year or twice a year. Yeah, that was two years. And so we were always inundated with art and it was so amazing and so exciting and having music on all the time in the house, just it was so warm. And that's, I think that's why we all love it so. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel the same. I I feel like so much of what we, what I actually do or that makes up some of the principles or the career that I've followed has been from mom and just the like the regularity of how she raised us and trying to be, socially aware, being interested in art, being interested in your community. And dad, um, ha, 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 you know, he, he brought in the, the Cajun spice and, uh, you know, yes, you should do it, but you should do it with style, you know, <laughs> or you should definitely help your community, but make sure you're German on the way out. You know, like there, I mean, <laughs> he had, or, you know, go to church, but see if you can work an angle and maybe get something out of the tithe. You know, like he was always uh, looking for an, a, a bit of a hustler. Yeah. A hustler. Mm-hmm. There's no question to me that yeah. like that's 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 what he was. And mom's mom's stability was the thing that I thought that I always reflect upon in terms of like principles of why I think about um, performing as something important. You know, like why I think it's a uh, a feature of our communal storytelling is a great way for us to all bond, uh, uh, learn things about ourselves and others. And I feel like that comes totally from from her. One of my favorite pictures of Billy and mom are at the Tonys and Billy, mom is looking up at Billy and you can just tell how proud she is and how thrilled she was to be there with him. Yeah, I was a little too proud. Well, I mean, <laughs> it's a bit over the top. It was, he was very excited, but I'm just saying it. That's, you know, she's, yeah. she's great at that. She's proud. They were also both very caring people. They're both very caring people about society and other people, and they taught us that as well. I, um, Billy and I have, for those who don't know, we, we, we have sons that were born exactly on the same day. And January 7, 2004, they're going to be 17. And it's, it's, it's interesting to talk about how you were raised because the one thing I do know about you, Billy, and, and I'm, I'm going to assume that Brooks, you're similar, is that you are a stellar parent. Like, you know, of all of your life's journeys and the things that you've done, that is clearly, as someone who knows you, your priority always. It's certain, you know, I, I feel if you can do good enough as a parent, you're doing a stellar job. And I certainly try to do good enough. But to that point, it is on my mind all the time, obviously. And some of that must be because of how we were raised. You know, um, dad's sort of coming in and out and instability um, uh, made me want to react to that, you know, and try to be as stable as possible for 
for my son. And and yeah, so I was going to draw relate. the parallel with Oliver, who well, you I know, can relate to that. Yeah, yeah. entirely. I mean, almost, you could go you could go one way or the other. Sometimes right? to could, the point where you're like, relax. Like yeah, exactly. Go. It's okay. You know, yeah, there, you don't have yeah. to yeah. My mind on, be yeah. super yeah. dad all the time. You know. Yeah, I've gotten better, but I, I, it's, it's, you get hyper on it. I mean, I went the other way to the extreme of, I need to be there all the time. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm gonna break this cycle. You know, because my dad's dad bailed on him. Dad bailed on us, and then I'm like, okay, I'm not gonna do that. But. There was a moment, especially when Wilder, my oldest, was in first grade and I was working in Nashville where I was just, I felt like I was not there. You know, well, I actually wasn't, but I, I felt like I was, I was damaging him in some way. And it fucked me up and it just became yep. this vicious cycle. And I had to sort of break out of it because I was just so nervous that I was going to you know, make him I, listen. Me. I mean, Brooke, Brooks is in the midst of it right now. We, you know, having kids that are a little bit older, you can start to reflect on it. But I certainly feel like our generation, um, rightfully, is being called to ask to do something, um, particularly um, uh, fa fathers in parenting, that wasn't modeled for us. Like the majority of us didn't have fathers that we have an expectation to be, which leads to some confusion and distress. And to your point, Ali, like you're obviously going to be projecting and passing that on to your kid, even if it's practical or philosophical one way or the other. And so if you're not reflecting on what your role as a, a father is in 2020, you, 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 might be, you might be missing some of the like, crucial underlying contributing factors mm -hmm. yeah i think, I think it did point. i think it did swing i mean to to both of your points almost um way 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 too much farther to the polar opposite to it to to where it needs to come back you know to where um but obviously it's obviously that's a good thing it's like the, you know it, uh that we're we're there but also realizing that um, you, you we can't be there. <laughs> you can't be helicopter parents, right? I don't want to suffer. You know, I mean, I mean, I, I see it around the community as well. I think it comes from a good place, but also it, it gets really intense to where it's like you know we we always talk about it's right and right it's or not, wrong. It's not, a, it's not a cliche. Like we we are riding our our dirt bikes around in alleys you know, in Dallas to where no one was there, you know, got, got, you know, thank God we're, we're okay. But, you know, we were, we were key, latchkey kids for at least five years. Um, that is, that does not happen anymore. But don't you think it's like what you're saying, we're missing some of that, you know? I think it needs I, to come back a little bit. I can't, it can't does go back because we lose a little independence. You know, the kids lose a little independence. They lose that sort of on your own aspect, that feeling of let me, I have to figure this shit out. I got into a situation, no one's here to help me. And now I have to get out of it. You know, that's why we went to Colorado. Uh, Katie and I went to Colorado and I think it changed our, our experience there, entirely. There's a, there's I think a really, it altered our path. There's a really know? interesting and, article about what you're saying in the Atlantic about, about there's like these sort of experimental parks where they let kids explore freely, but they put objects that are actually kind of 
you know, risk taking objects mm. and giving them opportunities to socially interact. And what they found was they found that kids created the society. It was almost like a min- a mini society of who becomes the outcast and why. But it's a really flies. interesting article. Really, and it was talking about how we, we, what? She asked me if I was in Lord of the Flies. <laughs> and, um, the one from the 50s? The short answer is yes. Uh, <laughs> and I'll leave you to figure out who I played because I'm a transformational actor, Ali. You know that. But, but Kate, what you're saying about that park, which is so, which is so cool, is that the three of us, we never had bad friends around us because we would weed them out. If it was one of Billy's friends, one of Brooks's friends, we would just say, you know what? That kid's not cool. Like, yeah, no. he's got to go. We would try to insulate ourselves <laughs> with good people. And you figure that out pretty young. And it does. it. So it, it builds up your, and I mean, to the point that you're saying, Ali, I, it, it is one of the, the primary objections that I feel like is happening amongst parents now is that, Overparenting somehow is as selfish as the underparenting seemed selfish to us from a different generation. Mm-hmm. Um, when when it, it is a response that's meant to um, nurture the children and hopefully breed strong human beings that um, are, are are self-sustaining and and have their own sense of agency and and. Who the fuck knows? I mean, the question is going, we're only going to know if our our experiment at resisting our parents works once our kids are in their 30s. That's so so funny. I say that all the time, man. Um, All right. So you guys, so you guys now. Tommy, are you, sorry, Tommy, are you watching TV? No. Because we're in the middle of a professional uh, podcast here. And <laughs> your, your eye line is above the computer. I'm looking uh, at a painting that I'm working on right now. It's Saturday, and I'm imagining <laughs> that there's a game on that you're uh, taking. Um, I can see the reflection. Sorry, our parenting I conversation. See... You, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm testing pastels. <laughs> <laughs> what game are you watching? Hold on, let me cut it off. It's just golf. <laughs> I told you. Wait, uh, you are right. <laughs> narc. Billy, you're a narc. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, best. Coors Light. Everything is go, 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 go. Okay? Nothing but nonstop hustle. All the time there's social issues pressing meetings expectations to be on sometimes you just need a moment and just turn it all off and hit the reset and that's when i reach for the core's light because it's made to chill it matches my personality cuz i am made to chill this is this is the beer of all beers this is a beer that has defined my life <laughs> as you know my sister Kate, we have been drinking this beer. I've been drinking this beer since I was 21 years old. It is tapped in the Rockies. It is golden Colorado. Coors Light is like the the official Colorado beer. And there's new packaging. It's already hitting the shelves. It's incredible. It's got this new, it's a new design, clear skies. It's got these clear skies that just invites you to sit back on wine and drink it all in. You almost want to look at the can and pretend that you were there. I like I like the sound of that. The iconic Coors Light Mountains, they turn blue when your beer is cold. 
That's one of the great things about the Coors Light. You know that you're drinking an ice cold Coors Light. Cold, crisp, freezing cold. My, that's my kind of beer. So the Coors Light is the one that we choose when we need to unwind, right, Katie? So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that is made to chill. You got to get Coors Light right now. It's got a new look. It's delivered straight to your door. Get.coorslight.com. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. So I just got another shipment of my butcher box because I have kept up with this subscription because I love it this much. Um, incredible beef, incredible fish, incredible scallops, incredible lobster tail. I got a lob. I got lobster tails the other day that were really amazing. So when you sign up right now, you get their steak sampler with six grass-fed, grass-finished steaks. Really incredible product. Really yummy. And you're just, you're stocked. You're stocked up for whatever you feel like that night. And they give you options like 100% grass-fed and finished beef, free-range organic chicken, heritage pork, wild-caught Alaskan salmon, and, you know, sugar and nitrate-free bacon. I had salmon uh, maybe last week. I did the salmon. I cooked up the salmon. You know, you would think, oh, it's frozen. How long has this been frozen for? It was sockeye salmon. Unbelievable. Truly. You get high quality meat and it's about $6 a meal. Packed fresh, shipped frozen, vacuum sealed, so it stays that way. For a limited time, new members get six free grass-fed, grass-finished steaks when they go to butcherbox.com slash sibling. That's two New York strips and four top sirloins added to your first box for free. Act quickly. This offer is only good through Cyber Monday. That's six grass-fed Six grass-fed, grass-finished steaks for free in your first box. Just go to butcherbox.com slash sibling. That's butcherbox.com slash sibling. Okay, so Billy goes to Tish. Tommy, you come along. Brooks. So now what about you? So it's just you and mom. No, it's, it's he and dad in Austin. Oh. Oh, so I was in were- Austin with my dad from 92 to 98 and worked for two and a half years at a, a hotel and then went to the University of Texas in Austin. Were you uh, lonely? Was- Without your brothers? <laughs> uh, well, I would go up and visit. Yeah, for a long time. Which, which, they, which they loved. My... Um, Wait, yeah. for like a month? Yeah, no. you, come, you come for the entire uh, Christmas break. Right. And we, ha- we had what a was really cool apartment. And so, at the time, both Brooks and I were smoking. Oh and uh, oh. so Tommy uh, got all the secondhand smoke there. So this was a one-bedroom apartment. And then Brooks would sleep on the couch in my room. I slept on the one on the single bed. And Billy had a double in the other room. Ugh. And, and you'd and in smoke? Winter, we had no heat. The two of them would be chain smoking. It's disgusting. Okay, that's how I, I realized until that's five great. years. Billy and I were in this apartment for five years. After he moved out, I'm like, oh my God, what is going on here? I smell like shit. And it was all the smoke. I had to get everything cleaned. And then Brooks moved in six months later. Oh, no. Yeah. 
There was, there was at least a few nights when dad was there as well. Yes. Um, and he smoked too. <laughs> oh God. It's like a, it, this is like a smoking room in an airport. It, it's exactly, it, it, it is exactly like, without like the, the ventilation. Airport. Exactly. Where it's, you're partitioned off except smaller. The whole oh, family gosh. smoked. My mother smokes. Everyone smoked except for me. I was the only one, but I, I, I got a lot of it. And then Brooks um, uh, moved moved up to New York um, after after finishing. Well, Brooks, when Brooks, when the when the boys left, I mean, was that a moment for you? Was that was it like, oh shit, I'm I'm alone now? Yeah, definitely. I mean. Um... Yeah, I mean, because um, I basically kind of had to find, I mean, I think, I think I was in Denton, Texas, which is outside Dallas at the time. But basically, I was like, all right, I got to figure out what I want to do. And then called my dad, and uh, he was in Austin. And I said, I, I got to figure out what I'm going to want to do. He's like, all right. He, He's like, all right, what do you, you mean you want to come here? And I was like, yeah. He was like, oh, God. And then. <laughs> but it uh, actually made you guys really close. And no, we were really close. But way, I mean, right? like, basically, the, um, I went down there, and within, and within a week, I had a place to live, a job, and a car, and they were all awful. Um, <laughs> but, yes. But they were things. But they were things. And then my dad and I grew close uh, through those uh, years. And then I went to college. But were you graduated. always writing? Yeah, I started writing uh, when I was about 19 or 20. And painting. Yeah. But yeah. was that was that something for you that was like, <laughs> I want to be a writer? Or, or was it just... I, uh... I, I, I still hate that. Uh, I mean, well, I still have a hard time. I'm, I think I'm getting easier... Saying saying I'm a writer slash artist or whatever or um, but but back then it was very hard for me to say I'm a writer even though I had written a lot of poetry and song lyrics short stories and then I wrote a script and then I wrote a play and then it kept going and it still's going and you know Billy and I are working on stuff and I'm still working on plays and and all of that but I think that I I still do have um, I. A lot, I think a lot comes with saying, uh, you know, the megaphone, I'm a writer, you know, it's like, well, like, what does that mean? You know, I'm, I, I, yeah. I'm still trying to figure that out. But, but yes, I think that, um, I mean, we, Tommy, we all acted at, at certain points. I mean, Tommy did. I gave I it, you know, acting. Well, you're on. What? You, you Wait, have, I didn't know this. Oh, yeah, Tommy's Tommy. on Sex in the City. Yeah. Yeah, Sex in the City. I wasn't an actor, but let me give you a quick story <laughs> real fast. Um, Oliver, to your point, though, the three of us are all very independent, but also very close. And I don't, I can't speak for these two, but I'm great on my own or I'm great with everybody. I mean, I can kind of, and so I don't know, I think Brooks had his writing and other things going on. So I don't think we miss each other because we all know we're there, even though we're not together. That's that the makes, best, that's right. the best kind of relationship. Well, that's I like think. a good family. I, I hope that's Billy and Brooks's experience as well, but um, well, that's my well. I mean, sometimes. You're like, that's not how I see it, Tommy, but okay. I, I dabbled <laughs> a few Thanksgivings where I wish I was in a different apartment. <laughs> okay, Billy, I, Billy, when did you say, I'm going to be an actor? I mean, clearly forever. You wanted to be on Broadway. 
as soon as I could use my voice and speech in the way that you just did, I knew <laughs> acting trade was mine. Is that the Alexander technique? <laughs> bravo, bravo. No, um, when, I was in, when I was in college, you know what I was thinking about, Brooks, actually, when you were talking about your time together with Dad, too. I did notice this about Dad. He, it hung over his head. It hung over his head that he had not delivered and that he, he felt like he had failed us and failed my mom. And, yep. you know, he, he, was, he was an optimist, so he would try not to get dragged down, but you, you could see it come out. And when Brooks was in Austin, when he and I would talk, he took such great pride in the steadiness with which he had been a part of Brooks's life, like having lunches and stuff and, and helping to find, even if it was a crappy car or whatever it was. So I think not only did it do, do something for you, Brooks, but I think it did something enormous for dad during that period of time. Definitely. Yeah. Um, and when I was in, when I was in college in North Carolina, um, I, I, I was a, a good student when I was in, in high school and stuff. It was hard for me to make the transition to college life. Um, I, my GPA, my first semester of freshman year, um, I, I, I'd be surprised if it exceeded a 2.0. Uh, there were some classes that I just kind of forgot about. And I, there was a couple of classes that I just decided to let go without telling anybody about it. And it turns out that if you get a zero, um, that brings your, your GPA down. So in any case, I started to take uh, classes that I thought would engage me in some way. And uh, they, many of them were in the communications department because I had I had taken this one elective my first year um, that was called the Oral Interpretation of Prose and Poetry uh, by Paul, Fer Paul Paul Ferguson was the teacher. And I love him. Yeah, you loved him, TC. Um, and uh, <laughs> you would basically take a poem and find a way to uh, to perform it. Well, for whatever reason, I. I could spend a couple of hours the night before really working on it diligently, thinking about it, considering different performance uh, ideas. I didn't work that hard at anything else academically. I mean, I could do the other things fine, but this was something that engaged me and that I ended up doing well. And I noticed that my GPA started to skyrocket. So I was taking every performance class that I could possibly take without declaring that I was a drama major because I didn't think anybody who was helping to pay for my education would go for a, a, a degree in drama. So the pops. pops, exactly. Cause I was having lunch every week with my grandfather at that time who had become uh, a, a widow recent, uh, do you call it a widower or widower? Uh, yeah, my widower. My grandmother died the day I graduated high school. So as soon as I got to college, my grandfather was desperately lonely and he said, we're having lunch every day. I mean, every week. And I was like, okay, pops. And he was kind of a gruff, tough guy. So they weren't the most fun lunches for a while, <laughs> but we did it every week for four and a half years. So we became very, very close. Tell him about, tell him about the money. Um, do you mean the change at the end of the, yes. yeah, yes. well, we would go to this place called the Rat Skeller. I don't know that it's a such such a stellar stellar story, TC. I don't, you may have overproduced this one, um, but the, <laughs> I can tell it better. I can tell it better if you want me to. But the the, um, the 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 key for me, the incentive for me, was that when he paid uh, for lunch, I would get the change, 
which typically would be somewhere between the 14 and $6 range, which I could actually really <laughs> use each time. And then if I was dating somebody, um, then pops would say, well, you got to bring her to lunch. And I started to realize that that was cutting into my proceeds. So uh, I, I no longer spoke about whether or not I was uh, dating to him. But it went on for a period of time. And he slowly would come and see my performances. And at first, they were kind of avant-garde performances in the poetry uh, and the speech communications department. And then I started to ask the acting teachers if I could take the acting classes for majors without being a major. And there were a couple of people there, Didi Corvenis and uh, Susanna Reinhardt, who were really supportive. So by the time that I had finished Chapel Hill, I had taken every performance class that was there. And I, I didn't know what I was qualified for. And I asked them and they said, you should go to graduate school. And I thought that's what I wanted to do. I want to be a teacher. I want to I'll go get my master's um, and I'll, I'll be a teacher. And it wasn't until the first day of graduate school when I was sitting in the theater with the 60 other students where I realized that it was I didn't want to teach. I wanted to be an actor, but I needed to be around um, people who were as like serious minded and focused on it being a trade and not just something to um, like, uh, I feel like there's a lot of people who get into the theater department in high school and college who, who just want to stick a thumb in the nose of, uh, or in the eye of like normies. So it's people who feel disenfranchised in some way or another, but that to me wasn't a good enough reason to pursue a trade. And it wasn't really what I liked about it. It was reflecting back to our mom earlier. It was the storytelling and the community part of it that I really identified with it. And we had this woman, Zelda Fitchhandler, um, who was, a, a, she's a formidable person in the theater, American theater uh, community, um, describe it like that during that first day. And I was like, oh shit, yeah, that's exactly what I want to do. And that's when I feel like I, I became uh, 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 someone who was in pursuit of an acting You're career. such a theater nerd. <laughs> I am, I am an acting nerd, exactly. What was your first role on screen? Um, it was in... Uh, Grind? Grind, yeah. Uh, Great that was with the late Adrian Shelley and... Uh, Paul Schulze and Amanda Pete and uh, um, I played Fast Eddie um, and he was uh, ex-con who liked street racing and uh, yes. dangerous love. Uh, so check it out. Um, sounds like you now. Do you do you remember when we went and had a drink? We were shooting Almost Famous and we went to the Cornet Theater and I I was like, why do you torture yourself? Like you're a movie star and all you do is just like torture yourself as like the actor. And I'm like, well, you're just like it's like comes so easy. You're just a star. Do you remember when I said that of to you? Of course. And I, I, rem I remember trying to and explain to you. I was like, you, you need to just relax. You, I'm like, listen to you. You're 20 and you are Penny Lane, okay? I am 30 and I can't really play guitar. I'm not Russell Hammond. If I don't like pressure myself, I am, I'm going to lose it. I'm going to lose this opportunity. Oh, my God. I can't hold on to my mustache. That says oh. it all, Bill. <laughs> it's true. I was. I was tortured. I mean, the entire time. So tortured. But it's it's true. Like acting for Billy is has always been a serious job. And it's it. And and by the way, I what you're saying is right. You know, I feel that way too. Even though I have a different relationship to it, 
the the point is to make something f- feel effortless. But y- you know, it it can be seen differently when someone's watching an effortless performance. It's not to be confused with that it's taking no effort. In fact, it's the opposite. That's exactly. a good point. For three years when Billy was at Tish, he brought it home with him. And so I was tortured for three years of the Alexander technique and what other, other shit he's picking up. My vocal warm-ups. He would oh, try oh, warm-ups. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Billy. That, that's, like, that's like, I mean, like... <laughs> No, but I was like, I was like, I would like videotape my myself in different postures to try to make sure that I was aligning myself perfectly. And then, you know, Tommy uh, would come home and uh, expect to see something on the video. And it was really me, you know, uh, in my underwear or in the buff. Oh. Posture, oh. uh, <laughs> <laughs> trying to understand anatomy. So because that's one of the things that we were working on uh, in school is how... How can you organize your body Let's so not that go it, back to it? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm playing so Nintendo on the couch, and Billy's like, "Look at this! Look at this move!" And he's playing his leotard. It's a horrible. He licks the mat, the wonderful, wonderful mattress. He licks the mattress. Helix, I love me some Helix. I've been sleeping on my Helix now for a month since I've been back in LA. And I gotta tell you, the dreams are good. The back is good. I'm not hot at night. It's a beautiful mattress, man. It's a beautiful, beautiful mattress. You must go buy one of these. I, I trust me. I, this is, look, I know we get paid to say these ads and to do these ads, but this mattress is the best mattress that I have ever slept on, hands down. I've turned my friends onto this mattress. I have, a, I have my, my boy, Mark Rose, who actually was living at my house during this time, sleeping on my mattress while I was in Colorado. He is now ordering mattresses for his hotels. He's in the hotel business. It's that good. That's awesome. So Helix... Um, what I love about Helix is the quiz component. They make it really easy. It's a two-minute quiz. And it matches your body type and your sleep preferences to the perfect mattress for you. Okay, I did it, and 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 boom, type 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 answer answer answer, and it spits out the mattress. I got the Midnight Lux, and it's perfect. I mean, it it fits me perfectly. Um, so if you like a mattress that's really soft or firm, or you, or if you sleep on your side or your back or your stomach, you sleep hot. The Helix has a mattress for every type of sleeping. And your unique tastes. I love when companies design things for individuals and everybody sleeps differently. The delivery too was really quick and easy. It was cool. It came in this box that I was like, oh, this isn't, this must be the pillow. I mean, it was that small. It was the mattress. It was almost like a science experiment for the kids. I cut it open and boom, it just expanded. It was cool. (laughs) I mean, it has been awarded Number one best overall mattress pick of 2019 and 2020 by GQ and Wired Magazine. Go to helixsleep.com slash sibling. Take their two-minute sleep quiz, and they will match you with a customized mattress that will give you the best sleep of your life. Helix is offering up to $200 off of all mattress orders and two free pillows. Oh, by the way, the pillows are incredible, too. For our listeners at helixsleep.com slash sibling, that's helix, H-E-L-I-X, sleep.com slash sibling for up to $200. Now, how, when did you guys realize how talented your brother 
is. Like, when? what was the moment when you went, like, um, yeah, my, but he's, my brother's... he's never won an Oscar, though. They're not right? there yet, Kate. <laughs> no, come on, I'm serious. Because, like, you. we know, you know, I mean, I remember watching Billy on stage going, like, fuck, man, like, he's, you, you, you know, you, you have a, a, you know, a, an incredible presence. talent. So yeah, I know, I know. But but how come you haven't won an Academy Award? Sorry, <laughs> um, this just my this, this must be a to technical, the this conversation. Must be a technical <laughs> thing. But you you cut out, Ali. I couldn't Hello. hear you. <laughs> Hello, I'll ask you. That's time. probably your microphone. How far are you along on the EGOT? <laughs> <laughs> You're getting closer. Yeah. That's so true. far, so far, I'm at. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'll tell you, it's funny. I knew when, um, cause Billy asked me very nicely to see everything he did, even if he was directing the episode at Tish and I would go down and see this experimental shit. It was horrible, but Billy always stood out, but I started knowing the end of his second year. And then his third year agents were starting to come after the show to stand outside and talk to him. And he's still with Simon Hall's after all these years. And that was 19, 95. 95? 95, yeah, with Arcadia, yeah. And so I started meeting these people, and they were interested in him. And I'm like, wow, I mean, he's really talented. Like, was there a moment when you saw him, whether it was on film or on stage? I mean, other than standing Arcadia. out, where? Arcadia. Arcadia. Well, for me, um, Arcadia definitely too. But with you, you flew me out when you were filming Without Limits. And to see him transform into Steve Prefontaine and then do research on the runner, look, look at the actual uh, coaches and teachers that were watching him replicate the, not not only the performance of the, of the race, but um, the cadence, um, the, the, basically div- divining Steve and I was, I, I, I watched so many scenes and I watched them watch him and I was like, this is, yeah, he's definitely that movie. Uh, yeah. He's tapping into something or, 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 or seeing like see, seeing, seeing, seeing the engine started to, to turn and seeing how, and also to your point to where um, you, 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 you don't realize because it's, it does seem effortless. Um, um, and, and so, and a lot of your scenes, uh, in almost famous to where it's like, oh, that just seems, you know, effortless. It's like, it's, it's not. Well, it's, Kate, Kate will know for sure, because I, the, the, the two of us, I'm sure we're arguing about it before she was like, Billy, would you please just do it? And I'd be like, no, because Cameron, I don't understand the, uh, like, that you have. Oh my God. Jesus them. We're just crazy. going to the ice room. That we oh my god the ice cream scene that was like we talked about that for hours and the, the truth is at that time Cameron um he could buy that much time and Cameron yeah. was interested in nuance and stuff and like he really championed whoever like whatever kind of actor you were he championed it he tried to find a way into your style of working so that he could be a part of that collaboration yeah and like every nuance I felt that and. And well, and me, I would never deliver, like, I would do stuff too, which is so funny because the kind of actor you are, like, I, like, there was a time when 
it was coverage on Billy, right? And we were shooting the scene where I say, or where I say, uh, you know, how old are you? How old are we really? And then Billy comes up and we shake hands. But the coverage was first on him and Cameron played a song as he did while we're shooting. Billy comes over and he goes, oh, Penny Lane, you know, and he puts his hand down and Cameron put a song on and I, it's not, the camera's not even on me and I'm bawling. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, I don't, I'm sorry. (laughs) And I'm just bawling my eyes out and Billy's like looking at me like, what is happening? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and you just you just let it like you let I, the spirit move through you and Cameron, you know. And it yeah, I, I was cerebral about it. Yeah, but it was but it was amazing. Yeah, you got out of your head though. You got out of your head and eat, pray, love. But you know, by the way, Ali, that just shows the depth of your devotion to me that you have gone that peak. Oliver went through all your your favorite episodes of all your movies. But he was just googling while you were watching golf, Tommy. He was googling uh, what can like that in real life. If he if he orders a toaster, he reads the manual back and forth. I just plug it in and hope it works. Yeah. Billy's like, I can troubleshoot. I can fix it. <laughs> so in real life, it's like he's doing the acting thing. And so he wants to know all the knowledge. I'm like, just plug it in, see if it works. Mm-hmm. Well, but then what Tommy does when it doesn't work is he throws it out the window and it hits somebody <laughs> on the head. When I come in and I could say, listen, man, all you needed to do was take the plastic safety guard off yeah. the My window's not, <laughs> My window's not big enough to get out, so. Tommy, when Billy is on the Rachel Ray show, do you just go with the normal, he's a guest, or do you I tell Rachel things to like throw <sighs> Billy off center? I don't really, no, I don't really get involved in that. I'm usually out there to take a picture with Rachel and my mother and, and Billy. Um, but one year, and by the way, Billy's been coming on since Rosie O'Donnell. So he's right. been on. Wait, so, explain, explain what that means, TC, since you were working at so Rosie. I, I, was a, right. I was a book at Rosie after I left MGM. And um, I would book Billy and then they'd be like, you have to go out there with him. So I'd have to go sit out there. And one time I was plugging a short film that I did, um, which this is why my acting career didn't take off. But before that short film started, I went to Billy and I said, hey, man, you know, I'm doing this short film. I'm the lead. It's a million dollars. They're shooting in Technicolor. Any advice? He goes, no. I go, what? He goes, you didn't study. I was like, hey, motherfucker, I'm $80,000 in debt from three years of graduate school. He goes, you think you're just going to hop on the bandwagon and do some basic? You're taking jobs away from real actors. Yeah, why don't you go ahead and take some classes? Yeah, exactly. That's how I feel. But so one time at at Rachel, um, Billy was promoting, um, (laughs) he was promoting Watchmen, the movie Watchmen. Oh, God. And... So my friend Shane, who was one of the producers on the show, decided to dress me up as the Watchman. Which as is Dr. Blue- Manhattan, TC, as Dr. Okay, Manhattan. Dr. Manhattan, which oh, is a blue directly. And he's ripped and he looks good. I'm not ripped. They had to paint in stomach things for me. And Those so I came- abs. Fake abs. So <laughs> we were we were an hour late. Stomach things. I was, I was being things. painted. And Billy told the producer. I need to leave now because I have a radio interview downtown. No, no, no. They kept us waiting. I, I got um, I got Patrick and Jeffrey D. Morgan to come on the show with me, and they kept us waiting. And they kept saying, oh, sorry, it's just going to be another five minutes. Just gonna be, And it was like 40 minutes. And at which point I turned to Simon. I was like, 
or uh, whoever was with me at the time. And I said, you know, we, I can't keep these guys waiting any longer. I don't know what Rachel is doing. It wasn't Rachel. They were painting Tommy. They were painting Tommy blue. Oh my God. And giving him yeah, like a, just so he could come out for this one bit. So they snuck me out there and Billy's face, both Patrick Wilson and uh, Jeffrey <laughs> Dean were both crying, laughing. <laughs> Billy's white as a ghost. I, 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 I was mortified for the entire crude up uh, lineage. After after that show aired, I didn't date for six months because no one really knew my boob or my fake ass. <laughs> it was oh pretty bad. Oh my God. Oh my so God. He had, he, he had ripped stomach things. And by yeah. the way, Billy, <laughs> you start to come on. I booked the three of you. Thank you. <laughs> One word to describe each of your brothers. Tommy. Tommy. Oh, me. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Um, a diligent for Billy and um, thoughtful for Brooks. Billy. That's good. Uh, for Tommy, uh, loyal. And uh, for, yeah, Brooks, thoughtful is a good one. Uh, Tommy, Tommy, I'd say thoughtful for you because the, the cards, Billy, mm, introspective. <laughs> In a good way. No, I mean, I, mean, I accept that. But also that caring. A, that was a zing. Um, was a introspective zing? yet caring. <laughs> I don't, um, Tommy, um, jackass. Brooks, <laughs> um, first. Celebrity crush. Tommy. Uh, Seal Award. Oh, interesting. <laughs> <laughs> he was shooting a movie in New York and I walked by her trailer and I'm like, oh my in God. In your life? Pretty much. I mean, maybe maybe Cinderella. I don't know. <laughs> Billy. Wow. What about you? Because I, I, I'm, I'm spacing on her name and I feel terrible about it. Um, Heather Locklear, Bill. No. No, uh, it, it was in Karate Kid. Um, oh, Elizabeth Shue. Oh, yeah, I love Elizabeth Yes. Mm. Yeah. Adventures of Babysitting. Yeah, Adventures, Adventures of Babysitting. Uh, yeah, Favorite was, movie. Yeah. Do you have to be Rebecca De Mornay? Risky oh, Business. Oh, Risky Business. That's right. <laughs> in Risky Business, Rebecca De Mornay Oof. was... Oh, my God. Yeah, actually, and that was Tommy and I had an experience one time, I, and this must have been just after Almost Famous because I had never been recognized. Nobody ever gave me, uh, you know, asked me questions about acting or whatever. We did. We happened to be playing golf shortly after Almost Famous, and the the the, the guy who was our caddy, he kept asking me questions. He was like really obsessed with um, the fact that I was an actor and that he had seen something I was in. And to the point, and if you play golf, you know that it's like a four to six hour round that you're spending the time. It, it got to about the 16th or 17th hole and I come out of a sand trap and all, all Tommy and my friend see is me yell, no, I don't know Rebecca De Mornay. <laughs> <laughs> Did she mention me? No, she didn't mention you because I don't know her, Brooks. Okay, how many times did I tell you? I don't know her. I would have hooked up with her. Billy, Billy, that brings me to also like how many times are you in a store and like Tiny Dancer comes on and just people oh just gosh. sort of like look at you? Like that well, you it, I'm sure you get it more than I do. I mean, the, best, the best story about this is Billy and I were in New Jersey at an MMA fight and it's all huge guys, tattoos. We take a train back to the city 
Billy's got his hat down. Somebody recognized him on the train and they they serenade us with that tiny dancer. No. That's amazing. I never had that experience. Okay, which brother? Okay, which brother uh has like the weirdest habits? <laughs> Tommy. <laughs> no, Brooks. I feel like it should be Tommy. <laughs> Brooks, yeah, definitely Brooks. <laughs> what are one. they? And just look at the headset. You gotta start with the. You gotta start with the mustache. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad you brought up the headset. I'm These very are, glad. I didn't want to do anything. I didn't want to say anything. That's, that's his wife's headset. No, it's my, my kids have been yelling the whole time. If I hadn't had this on, I could not hear anything. <laughs> okay, he wears you guys. It all day long, whether he's connected. Oh, to the oh yeah, yeah, I do, I do. That's a habit. I just. Want you guys, I can't hear you. <laughs> okay, guys, we're, you guys are gonna rob a bank. All right. Okay. Who's driving the getaway car? Me. Who? Oh, okay. Who's planning the heist? What's the third option? Well, who's going to actually do it? I think I already know this. No, I mean, then then who runs? I mean, Tommy's producing the. the, Yeah, that's that's Billy. He's the actor. He's got to like. He's right. Well, I'm going to say, not in the face. On the ground. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think we would plan it as a group and then divvy up the uh, what, what we had to do. Yeah, I you know I don't know if Brooks if I would leave you in charge of the planning because you might come up with something too ornate for Tommy to follow. I'm also a better driver than Brooks. This sounds like an awful bank heist. We we knew we'd never get out of the planning stages. No. We're, like, we're like, no, you're going in. No, you're going in. I need hey, coffee. This is your next script for Billy. It's not bad. <laughs> how about not how about bad. this one? If all three of you got put into the octagon, who who would come out on top? Billy. Ooh, that's a tough call. I don't know. Uh, uh, Brooks is wily. Brooks can start throwing elbows everywhere. Maybe nobody. Billy yeah, is very might, exactly. Nobody's coming out alive. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the best athlete? Oh, best athlete. I was in high school, but uh, it's been a long while. Uh, yeah, I'm really, really an amazing golfer. Brooks is an amazing skater. I think we all have different qualities in, in sports. Are you guys all athletic? I mean, to some degree, I feel like, you know, uh, none of us were. I mean, Tommy was the catcher of his high school um, baseball team. And so he I was, was a four year letterman in baseball. So and I went to play in college and it didn't work out. I, I wrestled when I was in high school, but the year that oh, I nice. didn't wrestle, we won state, which gives you some idea of how uh, <laughs> what kind of asset I was to the uh, high school wrestling team. Okay, you have you need advice, relationship advice. Who? What brother do you go to? I find new siblings. <laughs> <laughs> um okay so let's end with our question that we always ask okay one more first one 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 last one what what, is what's the movie that billy has done that you least like (laughs) (laughs) oliver you're such a dick he's such a dick this is such an oliver question and this is the kind of question he would ask me on the 17th hole when i'm over a a six foot putt that i can win 
<laughs> I, I've loved them all, Oliver. I've loved them all. Oh, all of them. See, okay. I'll give you. I gave you the worst one. The worst one was, I think, Oedipus Bill on Broadway, off Broadway. Uh, that, that was off Broadway. That was, was like uh, eight hours long. Eight no, hours. It was Francis McDormand and I, and it was only four. And, and wait, did I go see that one? <laughs> I couldn't drag you to that one. I've dragged you to some other ones, but I, oh. I couldn't get you to that one. I just want to say one thing before we do the last question. Um, Billy, you're so handsome. <laughs> and like, I, I wish that I had your career and you were always the most handsome guy of all time. I was like, that guy's so fucking handsome. And I, felt, I felt like we could be brothers and it never worked out. Uh, but I'm glad that we can have this conversation and maybe we can be friends again. And uh, you're just so handsome, you know? Ollie, I'm sorry. There was a little bit of a technical thing. If you could just do that one more time. Okay, you're just you're so From handsome. <laughs> you're just handsome. Oh, I'm so, oh, I'm sweating now. <laughs> it's hot in here. It is hot. So la the, last, the last question that we ask everybody, now this is a three-parter, right? So, well, it's a two-part question, but you guys got to do it for each of each other. So if you could take one thing from your brother for yourself, something that you wish that you had, a quality, a trait, what would that be? And on the flip side of that, if you could alleviate something from him that would make his life a little bit easier, what, what would you alleviate? Um, my first thing is I would take brains from both, both Billy and Brooks because they're both much smarter than me. Um, and then I would alleviate angst with both of them. I mean, I, I think that, I mean, I think we're, we all have our inner angst and I, mine shows differently. Um, but Billy and Brooks are such good fathers and such good spouses um, that I would want to take that away just so they could just live and not worry about it. That's good brotherly advice. Appreciate that, TC. Love you. Love you, bro. I would take Tommy's uh, care for others. His he the people in his life that the way that he cares for them is it's unique. And I would take away from him the cost of that care for others uh, that it has on him. Uh, and um, from Brooks, uh, his his creativity and sense of humor is uh, singular to me and it just has flipping killed me forever we the two of us sometimes sometimes we will have conversations where not a single word is said and we're both belly laughing for 20 minutes so that um if i could take that ability to really enjoy um uh a laugh together uh from him that would be one thing and i think like tommy if I could alleviate uh, or take something away from him, it would be any uh, doubt or self-consciousness about um, what an incredible person and uh, father um, mm. is. Thanks, brother. I love that. That's right. Um, um, Tommy and Billy, I think both I would take – I'm getting better, but I think the, the level of perseverance and dedication, um, focus, I guess, 
And for Tommy, I guess both I would take away or give maybe the ability to be able to also unplug and like have a real vacation to where there is no uh, pressure and relax. Yeah. At yeah. Some point. Thanks, Brooks. Yeah. Appreciate it, bro. I love you guys. Right. I'm so happy you came and did this. I hope Me you too. enjoyed it. I'm glad all three of you came on too. I'm glad that last minute choice was made. I was against it. I wasn't in. I didn't want. It. <laughs> no, it was good, man. Thanks I so much for having us, happy. even though Tommy didn't want me. I voted no. <laughs> <laughs> guys, guys, thank you for having. The us. feelings mutual. I love you guys, and Ali. I can't wait to start up our uh, bromance again. I'm <laughs> texting you. I, I can't wait. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Oh, thank you. Happy Thanksgiving. Thanks for having us on. Thank you, boys. Bye. Guys. Bye. Sibling Revelry is executive produced by Kate Hudson and Oliver Hudson. Producer is Allison Bresnik. Music by Mark Hudson, a.k.a. Uncle Mark. You looking for some amazing TV to stream? Well, indulge yourself with the hits on Hulu that you can't miss. Dive in with Barney, Ted, Robin, and the gang on How I Met Your Mother. All nine seasons are streaming on Hulu. Then you can move on to Modern Family, Shit's Creek, and My Wife and Kids. We're talking every episode and every season of these shows. We're talking huge hits. Streaming on Hulu whenever you're in the mood. Now we're talking. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Hey, guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.